I'd invite you to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, as we come to your scripture this day, uh, we pray that you would uh, just help us be open to your word for us. Um, help us to hear exactly what you are speaking into our lives um, as you meet us um, in this time, in this place, um, as you meet us just as we are. God, send your grace, uh, send your spirit to flow in and through uh, this word, in and through us, um, so that uh, we might follow after you, so that we um, might realize uh, your desires for our lives. Uh, we ask this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Friends, today we continue um, on our journey with the Beatitudes uh, found in Matthew's Gospel um, in chapter 5. Um, today uh, we are in verse 9 um, as we hear uh, Jesus' words to us from there. First, from the New Revised Standard Version. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And now from Eugene Peterson's translation of scripture, the message. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this week, I had a friend share a podcast with me uh, that quoted um, author Shannon Martin in the middle of it, um, who, as she was reflecting on the pandemic and its impact on the church, had this to say. The church is not under attack. Christians are under a microscope. Are we who we say we are? She asks. Are we walking in the weird way of Jesus? Those questions got my attention and stuck with me this week. Are we who we say we are? Are we walking in the weird way of Jesus? The Beatitudes capture the weird ways of Jesus, for they so often turn things upside down. Living the Beatitudes is countercultural, upside down compared to the norm. We will not walk this weird way of Jesus on our own. We need to follow his lead. Use the guides he has given us to make our way in the world faithfully. As we have studied our first six Beatitudes, we have already found that to be the case. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart. Blessed are those who chose the less traveled path who walk the weird way of Jesus in this world. It is no different when we come to today's beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Rather than making true peace in our lives and world, Dodson, the author of the book that inspired this series, points out that we are more likely prone to walk two more traveled paths. When tension or conflict arises, our natural instincts kick in 
And depending on our personality, we are more likely to choose either fight or flight in response. Um, the same response we see exhibited by other species in nature. In human terms, Dodson notes that we are either prone to self-righteous outrage or to self-consoling fragility, to fight or to flight. If self-righteous outrage is our tendency, we will want to be right more than we would want peace with another person. We will fail to engage conflict with humility, recognizing that we could actually be wrong. And instead, we'll defend our position at all costs and without any openness to learning and growth. The other well-worn path in our world today is self-consoling fragility that results in us wanting to be liked more than wanting true peace with another person. When tension arises, we will seek to diffuse it and avoid it any way we can, even if that means not speaking the truth as we see it or having the hard conversation with another. In the end, we settle for a superficial peace that actually damages the relationship we are longing to protect because we're not fully showing up to the other person and inviting them to do the same. We sweep things under the rug, do what will keep things on an even keel. And again, we miss the opportunity for learning and growth, for the flourishing that can come in relationships that are real and authentic. Dodson names this truth that is so important for us to claim. Tension in relationships is God's appointed grace for mutual moral and spiritual change. So I'm gonna say that one again because it's a packed sentence that speaks really important truth to us. Tension in relationships is God's appointed grace for mutual moral and spiritual change. When we take the more traveled paths, the path of outrage or the path of fragility, we squander the opportunity and the grace of God that creates it. When we instead choose to walk the weird way of Jesus by engaging tension honestly and with humility, openly and expectantly, we give the grace of God room to move in and through us and to change us, to bring forth peace in us and through us. It's important we define what peace is for God, what it means to make peace in our lives and in our world. The word for peace in Hebrew is shalom and has a richer meaning than what we often think of when we hear the word peace. Dodson writes, we often think of peace in remedial terms, the absence of conflict, no tension in relationships, or the cessation of war. While remedying negative things is helpful, it doesn't adequately produce the kind of peace Jesus has in mind or the peace we really long for. His peace is meant to be constructive, increasing harmony, wholeness, and flourishing. Shalom is wholeness, integrity, restoration. It's conflict reconciled humbly and honestly in such a way that wholeness is realized. Calvin Theological Seminary's president Cornelius Plantings described shalom as the webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. Shalom is not superficial. It is a peace that runs deep 
and changes us from the inside out. So how do we cultivate that peace? How do we become makers of peace, agents of shalom in the world? Dodson names that sin is what is is what attacks and eats away at shalom in our world. He says sin strikes out on its own against God's goodness. It disrupts relationships and tears away that wholeness of society. God hates sin because it spoils his shalom and in doing so harms us and all of creation. Sin unfits the world and sends it reeling into discord, disputes, deviance, and war. In order to be agents of shalom in the world, we have to begin in our own hearts. The Trappist monk and theologian Thomas Merton is believed to have said, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. We cannot extend what we do not have. We have to cultivate our own peace in order to extend it or to be makers of it in the world. Peace begins with honest reflection and confession of our own hearts. We have to be willing to not live on the defensive, but instead when tension arises, to be willing to see the part we have in the mess. We have to be open about the truth of our own lives and invite God's grace to do his work of shalom in us. When we are at peace with God, we can start to be at peace with ourselves. When we are experiencing that inner shalom, then we are ready to seek it with another. We have to receive God's grace in order to be able to extend it. We have to rest in God's peace in order to be able to make it in the world. So if you know me, you know outrage is not my typical MO. If there was a path that I'm likely to walk out of these roads we are talking about today, it is that path of self-consoling fragility. It's that path of flight. When conflict arises, my brain literally goes into flight mode. It doesn't work very well. Everything slows down as I struggle to stay present in the moment, even though my body hasn't gone anywhere. In the short run, for me, this is the easier path to walk. I first try to avoid conflict at all costs. And then if I've managed to find myself in the midst of it, I work really hard to escape it as quickly as I can, placating the feelings of the other as I go. What I have learned the hard way is that while that is easier in the short run, it is harmful for relationships in the long run and just not productive. The less traveled path, the weird way of Jesus one. The path where I first take a deep look inward, examine my own heart, check my own motives, get really real before my God so that I can own my part in the mess. And then, and only then, seek out the really hard conversation. Seek out the one on the other end of all that ten tension. Y'all, it is a harder path to walk a more uncomfortable path to walk, but each and every time I have dared to place my feet there, I have found grace, grace aplenty, that has changed me and others for good as we together worked for shalom, for peace, for wholeness out of whatever 
has been broken. This is even true when peace and grace are not returned. If you first come to a place of peace with God and yourself, even if you do not receive grace and peace from the other with which you are in conflict, peace will still remain in you. You will know you have done what you could. You will know that you have owned what is yours to own. And God will grant peace even when others will not. And learning and growth will still come through God's grace for you. And you can trust that God's grace will continue to be at work in the life of the other as well. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be children of God. As sons and daughters of the living Lord, we are heirs of the realm of God. Dodson writes that the world we will inherit is reconstituted by shalom. It's a place where the lion will lie down with the lamb and swords will be hammered into plowshares. This new world will reweb together God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. Shalom will saturate, saturate everyone and everything. Trusting that vision of what is to come as sons and daughters, we work alongside our God to be makers of it in the here and now. We commit to walk the road less traveled, to walk the weird way of Jesus so that grace can flow and change can be realized and shalom can break into our broken and hurting world. Amen. So the invitation for us this week um, is to pay attention to the ways that we uh, can be makers of peace in our lives and in our world. Uh, the ways we can be agents of shalom um, in the here and now. Um, and that begins right here uh, with us personally. Um, and so I'd invite you in this time and in the week ahead to one, look um, closely at your life to where you are in need of peace. Um, look to see where uh, there is tension um, in you, um, in a relationship that's meaningful to you, um, between you and something that is going on in our world right now. Um, and then pray about that tension, right? Um, pray um, and invite God into it. Um, spend time reflecting upon it. Um, try to see, uh, you know, what your role is in it. Um, and just create that space. Um, View that tension not as a bad thing or something to be avoided or something to rage at, right? But instead, this opportunity um, for God to move um, in your life and in the life of maybe another or in the life of, you know, a piece of our world, right? To, to bring about change that is good. Um, so create space um, for your God to be able to do that in you this week um, as you seek. Uh, as we all seek uh, to be people uh, who don't rage, people who are not fragile, but instead people that walk this weird way of Jesus, right? People that long to bring about peace, shalom, wholeness to our lives and world.